Hey, what's going on? Welcome back to the Rockman Power Hour to episode nine. Uh, we're so glad that you've been sticking with us and we got one more to go before we take a bit of a break for the holidays. And uh, Ryan and I have been talking about doing something special for uh, the holidays, all based on a uh, Christmas movie. So this is going to be a lot of fun and not your typical Christmas movies, uh, Christmas slasher flicks. So um, keep that on the old uh, radar for the holidays. But uh, before we go too f- much further, I want to introduce my co-host, Ryan Stick. What's going on, Ryan? How are you? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I am. Uh, I'm wonderful. I cannot wait until uh, the holidays come running around trying to get some stuff done before, uh, you know, before the holidays hit. And, uh, and you know, I got to tell you, man, um, I'm really excited about this week because this guy is just, he's a legend and he's an awesome dude. And, you know, the idea that we got to talk to Frank Bello from Anthrax on the show um, means a lot to me. And I'm sure it means a lot to you because he was really involved with our first Kings of Quarantine video that we did. Um, Absolutely. He start he started it. He like literally, he, he literally played, yeah. he, he played the first note and, you know, between him and, and Ray from corn. I mean, they pretty much introduced Kings of Quarantine to the world and he was just such a nice guy to deal with. Uh, the guy is just, he, he's as, he's as cool as they get. He's as kind as they get. He's as, as real as they get. And from the minute we started our interactions, um, trying to coordinate getting him to do the song, sending him the music, um, you know, sending him the bass track, the drum track to, to track to, uh, he was just so agreeable and so nice. And I, and I kept kind of pinching myself going, is that really Frank Bello from Anthrax or is that somebody else yeah. answering his emails? Because he was just so nice. And yeah. what I, what I always, you know, what I always pictured with him was that he was a pretty down to earth guy from everyone who, who had, who had met him before and who had told me, but I didn't realize how nice he was until we started dealing with him for Kings of Quarantine. So, um, that was nice. But then when, you know, we found out he put out his book and, and he was doing press, I immediately wanted to try to talk to him. So I reached out to him on Instagram. I was like, Hey, can we chat? Just launched a podcast. Would love to have you on. And he was like, yes, hundred percent. But please, can you go through my publisher publicist? because she's begging me to just do things right <laughs> because yeah. I'm like all over the place and I'm saying yes, but do you mind going through her? I'm not brushing you off. I'm like, of course. And we set this call up and I couldn't be happier with the results. I mean, he's, he's the real deal. And you know, when you talk of the big four in metal, Anthrax is there. They're very much part of the conversation. You know, Anthrax were around early days. They were friends with Metallica. Um, they were around when Metallica were putting out some of their first demos they're OG. They're about as OG as it gets. So, you know, it's funny. You were saying about the big four. It's yep. um, not only is it fascinating that out of the big four, that they're the band from New York City and everybody else was LA based. Yeah. And yeah. Um, it's, it's also interesting that Anthrax always kind of seemed like, you know, and if you look at that demographic, one of these things is not like the other. I always love the fact in hindsight that Anthrax did it their way where instead of wearing just black t-shirts and jeans, they were wearing shorts and yeah. hats with the rims up. Yeah. And it's, and I, I got to give a shout out to my friend, uh, Ellie. He, the first time I ever saw anthrax was at the first heavy MTL ever. Yeah. And they didn't, they had a different singer then and they yeah. had a different bass player then. Yeah. And I remember like, you know, thinking naturally if the, ba- if the singer's not there, that's what everyone's going to comment. And my friend Ellie, who's been a lifelong Anthrax fan, he's like, oh, yeah, it's just not the same, though, with Fra- Frank Bello. And I'm like, oh, Frank Bello, the singer, right? He's like, no, no, the bass player. 
It's just he's just got such a presence. Like on stage, it's his playing. He does a skank dance when he plays. Like he's his own guy. Yeah. Not only were they on the forefront of metal, but they were on the forefront of rap rock and or rap metal, if you will, or new metal by that collaboration they did with Public Enemy, which came together really organically. So we got a chance to chat with him today. Um, and not only did we did we uh, you know dig into some of that stuff, we talked about his book. And this conversation, as you know, um, was really, really personal. Absolutely, man. It, out of all the episodes you've done, I think this is the deepest you ever got with a guest for sure. And, uh, you know, and it came so uh, authentically. This didn't seem forced. I mean, you know, you're a professional. You've done many interviews. And sometimes you get that junk at time where you're like three minutes, yeah. make some gold, go. I like the fact that, uh, you know, you were allowed to kind of like because because I'm your editor, you know, all yeah. the other stuff you've done for, you know, the a, a large part of the stuff you've done with other things. I'm always told you got to trim it down, trim it down, yeah. trim it down. And you miss those extra moments. So it's really cool that we got to hear the full album of what a, a Jason Rockman interview has the possibility to be. And I think with a guy like Frank, um, it's, it's nice because he's, he is so authentic and he is so transparent and honest, uh, right down to us trying to get on this interview. <laughs> <laughs> I, I sent him the zoom link and we're both there and I'm looking at him on the computer and he's like making signs and I'm like, can you hear me? And he, it was just hilarious. It was hilarious because I'm not very, um, you know, I'm not very savvy when it comes to any of this stuff, as you know, mm. yeah, but you know, I've got you that helps me tremendously. I've got Julia that helps me when I need, when I have issues and Frank, has the same. I mean, he was, he was telling me, he's like, I'm having an issue with this. I had to run upstairs to my wife and, and ask her what to do. And then I'd run down. And so <laughs> it all ended up working out. And, um, we ended up talking to him for, for quite a while. And I'm, I'm really excited about this episode because, you know, Frank Anthrax, I love Anthrax. They mean a lot to me that whole, again, the collaboration with public enemy, as you know, I'm a huge public enemy fan. Um, yeah. they, the fact that we got to talk with him today, was really, really special. So I don't want to blab anymore. I just want to go right to this because it is easily one of my favorite episodes that we've done so far. Check it out. Uh, my conversation with Frank Bello from Anthrax. Um, that was really funny to watch that because I mean, I don't know about you, but like I, you're a bass player, so you probably have a little bit more, uh, you're probably a little better with gear. I'm a singer. Oh. I'm fucking horrendous, dude. Like I show up with my microphone and go like, where do I, where, where do I plug in? And you know, dude, at no. least I, I'm really good at doing merch though. Fuck. I oh, love doing merch. Yeah. That, that helps. Believe me. Let me, let me tell you right off the bat. Number one, I have to say, first off, I'm sorry for that little mishap. I'm technically challenged. And I say it to everybody before I even start this, I'm horrible at everything with computer period. I'm being yeah. really honest. Uh, I want to get better. Um, yeah, I have to constantly ask my wife. My poor wife is working up from home upstairs. Yeah, every little thing that I screw up on the computer, I have to go back upstairs and ask us, "What do I do now?" And I feel like the biggest what, same. So, so what does your wife do? She's a computer graphic artist. All right, and that since COVID, everybody came home to work, and now, thankfully, she's being they're able to stay home, which is right. good. So, uh, but it's really not good for her because every little problem I have, I can go right to her now. So she's like, <laughs> I see the face, you know, she's, she's like, she's, poor girl's working, right? She's doing some graphic stuff. And you so, fucking go on the road already. <laughs> Why are you yeah, home? Dude, like, that's exactly it. I like seeing you once every four months. Like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> the, you, you know that life. It is very true. Hey, look, 
I love it too. I love being home. You have yeah. to say that. I do. I love being home. I love being with my family. But it would be nice, Jason. It would be nice to know what, what a tour feels like. Yeah. We just did this Welcome to Rockville. We played on Sunday. Yeah. Great show, Metallica headline. It was awesome. Yeah. But we're going through the, in Daytona, you know, Daytona speed track, we're, you know, we're looking, I'm going through the parking lot, beautiful place, going through the parking lot in the van. I'm saying, Wait, what is that? It was a tour bus, dude. I haven't yeah. seen a tour bus in forever. I live on tour buses. I know. It felt I know. so foreign to me. It felt like a, a long lost friend. I was like, what the fuck happened? What up to our lives? We, so, we were just living in that thing. And now yeah. it's so foreign to me. Is that a new model? They must have did something different. You know. Uh, it's funny because I we have a common friend, Bill. Uh, Bill Kelleher is a, a good friend of mine. Bill's a good oh, friend of yours. And, I just uh, saw him the other night. I know. And we were just, I was just chatting with him yesterday and, and he, I could tell he's excited. He's like, it was, I knew by the time he called me, it was like around 11 o'clock and he's like, I'm just about to start squid game. And I know exactly where he is. He's getting into his bunk. He's got Netflix on, he's in a good place. So I think everybody's happy to see things come back to normal. Yeah. Even you know baby I mean? steps. I don't, at this point, just little steps at a time, just getting yeah. there. And just, just as no, just as long as there's no pull down again, you know, like yeah. we all had that that wonderful kind of couple of weeks or month it was, I think, when before the Delta variant really came in and kiboshed everything again. Yeah, we all, I remember I went to um, a garden show, my first garden show back in forever. The Foo Fighters played the garden. Yeah, I and mean, that was that first show back. I remember I just wanted to go as a fan. Yeah, everything was going as according to plan. You know, and I, I was in my hands. I was screaming all this. So it was fucking great. I just wanted yeah. to be a fan. You know, I, yeah. I know I didn't want to go backstage. I know the protocol was all good to me as long as I could be in the place because I felt safe. Yeah. And um, then the, I swear the week after that, the Delta variant came in big time. Yeah. Pulled everything. I'm like, motherfucker. You I know. know. That means every all of us are going to have to be pulled back again, waiting in, waiting in sync. We have to wait in line here. It's been um, it's been a real test in not only patience but uh, realizing that we are powerless sometimes and we just got to fucking fall in line and do what we got to do. No doubt. And no. you know, and I and I I hate to you know I don't like to talk about the the, the political aspect of this because I mean I'm, I'm in Canada so it's a whole different ballgame. But yeah. But really, um, it's amazing how some people just can't understand that you you no you just cannot do this now like no it's no and like but what do you mean no like no just it's no now fucking deal with it like just yeah. do it do your part do what you got to do but i won't i won't burn friendships over it like i've got some friends yeah. that don't want to get vaccinated and i love them and, and and in my mind you have to always be able you have to listen to other people's points exactly. of view and and that's, that's where we've approach. we've kind of lost the art of 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 respect and and yeah. and being able to say hey if my friend who i love feels this way so strongly about something i'm not going to burn a friendship over that right so it's, let them do their thing. I mean, their world tends to get a little bit smaller yeah. and it's, it's tough for them. But I mean, I got, listen, all the shit that I did when I was, you know, in, in, in my twenties before I sobered up and when I was on the road with my band, the shit I put in my mouth, the place my mouth was like, I, if I'm still fucking standing, right. I'm not worried about a fucking vaccine. Well, that's, that's my whole point. Look, I'm not a political guy with this stuff either. I, yeah. I believe everybody should have their own opinion. That's hundred percent. hundred percent. Don't. Don't kill other people. <laughs> no, I know, I know. You know but anyways, li listen, we're we're here to talk about um, yeah. about your book, okay? Um, and 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 I'm excited about your book because um, I I have a couple of friends of mine that read it and that are, that are hardcore fans that ordered it right away. Um, and they were they were they were and they're big music biography guys. You know, they're guys that like the minute, like, you know, when Carmen Apathy wrote his book, they grabbed, stick it and they were, and they read it. And like, they're, they're the kind of guys that they just, they just dive right into biographies. They, they live it. It's awesome. Yeah. And I, and, and, and it's, and I think it's important when people like yourselves who have had 
a crazy story, write books like this, because a lot of people will never live those kind of things. So it's nice to be able to live vicariously through the person. But um, they told me, they said, this thing's raw. It's a lot more raw than I expected. So first of all, tell me a bit about fathers, brothers, and sons surviving anguish, abandonment, and anthrax. Yeah. Well, first off, your friends took it right out of my mouth. Um, my, my whole word, my first word for this book is raw. Right. And, you know, there was a time with my co-writer, Joel, and I, when I first approached it, I just wanted to be like a conversation about my life. I said, look, I want to write a book that is really like you and I, Jason and I are sitting at a bar having a couple of pints, wherever, whatever pub you choose, or a cup yeah. of coffee, whatever that is. Yeah, I'll go with coffee. Whatever that is, that conversation. <laughs> exactly. So that conversation, I just want to be relaxed. I just want to talk about life. Yeah. And a lot of people are getting that from this book, which I love, because that's exactly what I wanted to do. On the other side of it is, um, it's raw because I talked to my, my co-writer. I said, am I going too far with this? Am I Because the problem is when I... I'm an honest kind of guy, you know, I'm straight ahead with you. Yeah. Uh, and I, I tend to leave it all out there. I think when I started reading, like the, when I, when I first finished the book and I started reading like the edits and stuff and I'm reading back and I'm reading to my wife, I was like, is that too much? Is that, you know, did I go too deep, did, you know, too much personal stuff. Did I go overboard? And, and she goes, it de depends on the way you feel. And I, yeah. I feel like it's my journey. It's my, and I think, and the reason why I kept going with it and going that raw is because if people could see how, you know, yeah, there was battle. There's, there's, I got beat down. People get beat down. I'm, I'm not alone in this. A lot of people yeah. have it, but maybe they can relate to it and connect with it because if they're, if they get beat down, maybe they can lift themselves up as I thankfully did and moved on with it to, to something better, you know, in my life. And there's a lot of people, I'm finding a lot of people, connecting with this i'm getting so many letters and so many comments yeah. you know it's people thought it was gonna be like this rock and roll crazy crazy book which which is all good for people that want to do that for me i i felt like it was important for people to know because it's such a crazy time in our life when you're down in the dumps you know yeah you got to, you got to pick yourself up and move on and yeah there was a lot of crazy stuff that went on and uh i hope that if one person i say this all the time if one person could read this book and like get that if frank did it i can do it kind of vibe then your your job's done that's it dude right yeah. i mean that's really what it's all about i guess you know we get into our we, as we get older you know this jason i'm older than you but you get in the kind of a reflective time yeah especially well, after this happen, happen to me I, I i i as soon as i turned 50 okay yeah. I, I turned 50 last january so i'm gonna be 51 can't fucking yeah. believe it it you know my you kids are, my, i feel Good. it no, i know i feel it too right <laughs> so 17 i got a 17 and 14 year old you know that that is like when you've yeah. seen them like my son's starting to go to junior college like that kind of stuff is just like it's crazy because i have a 15 year old i know dude it's it's insane it, and you're it's not about you anymore and then all of a sudden you're not cool anymore no. and like you're the furthest thing from cool absolutely and they don't want to hear anything about my music and they don't want to hear anything, but but then again, they do, you know, so it's, it's just yeah. weird, but yes, as you get older, you start to realize that I, I look at, and I'm sure you can relate the rest of the time that I have on this planet. I just want to help people out. Boom. Boom. I just want to exactly I, Jason. Exactly. I, I, I want to be a good person. I want to be, um, I want to be, uh, I don't want to say a, a role model, but, but I want to be there to help younger people and show them that, you know, like, cause no one was there for fucking me. I had to do everything on my own. Nobody showed me how to do anything. And I had to fucking figure it out. So, you know, I work in radio. I'm a radio DJ. I try to play as many young bands as I can. 
And because I was in a band trying to get fucking played on the radio, with a name like Slaves on Dope. No one would have anything to do with us. So when you're when you can put your foot in the door and go, like, get in here, come on, let me get you on air. Like, it, it there's no point if you don't give back, you're not gonna. And it's that trick, right? Like, if you give back, you get back. I totally agree with that. Absolutely. And so That's I think I, I think writing a book like this, you're giving back and you're helping and. And I that's, hope, I hope so. you know, that's it's not about book sales, you know, I mean, no, I people, and I know, and I can tell it's not about book sales. Yeah, I don't think you give a fuck about selling a book. And, and look, it's nice to sell books and make people happy and all that stuff. But for the yeah. most part, um, and I don't need another thing from my career. It really isn't that this was the right time to do this. And Joel and I have been talking, my co-writer, Joel and MacGyver and I, we've been talking for eight years. He actually has the time where I first, first brought it up to him because I had, uh, I know he did the Ellison book. The Dave Ellison book, and I thought that was great, and he's yeah. done so many other great books. Uh, I said, whenever you're ready, we, we'll do it, man. And we haven't been ready for eight years because I've been on tour, and he's yeah. uh, he's got his own crazy life going on. Um, and it, it came up to this COVID time where I'm sitting in this seat right here, Jason. And I, I thought to myself one day, I said, "This is the because I was in we were in lockdown. Yeah, everybody was in lockdown. I was in this basement. I I so I started texting. This might be the time. He was open." Yes, let's do this. And um, it worked out and and it's just started from there. And it was a conversation. Like I said, it was like you and I are talking right now. It was a conversation. And the great thing about Joel, he knows how to light a, a, a fire under my stories, man, because he'll just bring up one topic or one line that'll trigger something. And then the dam broke, man. And the dam yeah. broke and they all came out and and fun. It was, I was almost like a fan kind of living it and watching it coming out of my head, you know, yeah. other stories, reliving them. And, you know, when I saw it in print and I said, fuck man, reflectively, you know, reflectively, I'm like, oh my God, I've been really fortunate. So yeah. I'm sharing this with people to look, look, again, bumps and grinds, peaks and valleys in life. There's a lot of, there's a lot of valleys in my life also. Yeah. But the whole point of it is when people read this, they can get knowledge of it's like, yeah, okay, you can get down, you can be beat up sometimes literally you have to get up yeah. you have to get up and you have to move on I'm not preaching but this is how i did it and um what i'm finding is thank god for the great reviews for this book i'm very honored and, and humbled by it people are connecting with that more than the music more yeah. than the music because they're saying you can do this you can do this that's what the book shows you you, you know what let them beat you down. You get up and go your own way and move on to tomorrow. And that's, I think people are getting that, which is great for me to hear. And that's the thing, you know, um, everybody's got a story. Everybody's, everybody's got a story. And that's why I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, that's why I love doing this kind of stuff. Cause I'm a people person. I love people, yeah, you know, I don't give a fuck right. what you do. I just, I love talking to people. I love you exude people. that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not kissing up to you. I love that. You, you, you actually exude that you want to talk to you, which is great for you in your yeah. profession. That's awesome. You know, I I went from being a musician and I, I have no desire to be on stage again. I mean, I will do it if once in a while, but like, I really love talking to people and I always have. And the, the thing I used to love the most about being in a band, like I remember when we did OzFest, we, we were signed to Ozzy's label and Sharon's label. We were, we did OzFest and all that. And it was fun. The thing I liked the most was meeting the kids after and freaking them the fuck out. You know, like having them, you know, and you know, the look, you know, they're, they're looking, they see you, they look away, they see you, they get excited. And in my mind, I'm like, it's not my ego. It's like, I want to fucking make this kid's day. Fucking, you said so right on with that, dude. And, that, you know, and we'll go back to, that's in my book, the, the, the yeah. whole kiss thing. I mean, yeah. the whole meeting Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley and Ace, and Ace back then and in the early days of seven, seven, like 77, 78. Best time. Dude, I was 15, you know, I was 15 yeah. years old. Me and my friend, Tom, this is all in the book, these stories. We live, we lived in the Bronx. We grew up in the Bronx. 
So my friend Tom had some kind of in at a coin management in the city. Somebody would call him to let us know when they were going to have a meeting. Kiss. And these were our fucking heroes. gods, our heroes, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 15-year-old kids, oh my God, kiss. Of course, we're going to cut out of school. We cut out of school, got on Manhattan, it's called the Manhattan Express bus, $3. You go downtown, get to Manhattan. Usually around January, February, that's it, feel, it felt like it was always freezing. So we had our fucking jackets up, freezing our ass off for hours waiting outside of the management. Hours. Just waiting for, and we didn't know what they looked like. Remember, those are the days yeah, where- when they were, yeah, yeah. They were, they were- Sure. Absolutely. So they, they would usually cover their faces if, if there was any cameras around, but there were no, once in a while, somebody came with a camera. We were there so often. So we would just wait for these tall men with platform heels, with suits on, with long hair. And that's the only way we knew it was Kiss. That's the dress to kill era. Absolutely, dude. So we seen, it was a little after that, but we yeah. that's their look. That was their look. I, I love but it. After a while, we were there so often. I mean, dude, yeah. we, we were there all the time in Manhattan. Gene would just literally know us at this point and and that's that's the greatness of gene yeah and he goes and he started our note he started because he signed you sign what's your name frank frank bello the next time around frank bello what are you doing here again and how <laughs> did you know we'd be right in front of our management why are you waiting right in front of our management you just questioned us that's a really good gene imitation <laughs> thanks i do that because i say it with love and kindness yeah. because the way he did it it didn't make me feel intimidated. Yeah. It made me feel like he cared and he remembered me. Yeah. And that was more important to me than anything. Fuck that yeah. man and that band, along with Steve Harris, they showed me how to be like you were just talking about. Give him that thrill. Like for me, I'm lucky enough to do this for a living, right? And yeah. I'm in a band and I'm happy. Thank God. I'm thankful for it. I want to make people feel good. You know, that's the truth. So when they meet me, I don't want to be a dick. There's no reason. They yeah. taught me, Gene taught me not to be a dick in front of people. Take yeah. the time. Gene answered every one of my questions about the tour, the next record, what his new costume is going to be like, you know, the whole <laughs> yeah. thing. I, we asked him everything, and he was there for us. So I, I kind of carried that again, paying it forward. Yeah, paying it forward. So I mean, it, it, it's I'm not Gene Simmons, but whatever I am in this on this earth, I want to I want to be the cool the cool guy and talking to you. Yeah, and make you feel that vibe because I felt that vibe and it was special for me. Well, I can tell you that you were a very, very important part um, of my life this last year and a half because we did this project called The Kings of Quarantine. Oh. And the only reason that got off the ground, because, okay, first of all, Bill, it all started with Bill saying, um, hey, I, I just did this Rush cover. And Bill and I, we never talk about music. We talk about other stuff. Yeah. Um, but where we really bond is on Rush because I'm, I'm from Canada and he loves Rush. Of course. The first time I interviewed him, we were talking about Rush. I brought him some Rush t-shirts and we just geeked out about Rush. <laughs> so he did that Rush cover with um, with the, you know, the guy from uh, Primus and, and awesome. you know, Dan. You know, from, so it was just, it was mind blowing. And I was I messaged him right away. I'm like, that fucking cover was amazing. And he's like, if you want to do one, let me know. And I'm like, Bill's asking me to do something with the music. I better fucking get on this. So we sat down, my guitar player and I'm like, we got to do, a Faith No More song, the best band in the world. My favorite fucking band. Like I bleed for that band. I love them. Them and Public Enemy. Oh, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I've, got, I've got the PE tattoo in there. I'm like, wow, cool. I didn't Matt, know that. Wow. So when we were saying who the fuck can play that bass part, Kevin was like, Frank. I'm like, Frank, well, I'm just going to call up fucking Frank Bello. Hey, Frank Bello, <laughs> we, we opened up for you in Jersey uh, years ago when John Bush was singing. You probably don't remember, but uh, Andrew Goodfriend's our agent. But so I was like, all right. Let me just, so I, I asked Bill, like, well, what do you think of getting Frank Bell? He'd be perfect. He's like, I know Frank. I was like, <laughs> and then you were in right away. And the minute right. you were locked in, we got the, you know, we got Ray from corn and then everything just came together. So 
I kind of learned what you did for us from DMC because wow. I met, I, I had DMC on my, uh, on my radio show years, years ago. He's awesome. I asked him to come in to do the radio show uh, on, you know, I asked him on the phone and he flew in to do it. He's like, wow. no, I'm going to fly in to do it. And he paid for it. And then we collaborated on music and then we collaborated with me, him and Chuck D and like all these things happened because of D and now D's a friend. So it made me realize that I always have to have the time for people. Whenever somebody asks me, I'm there. So what you did was kind of like, so it's nice to see people doing that, you know, and it's genuine because I agree, man. Like what the fuck is the point of living? If you can't blow people's minds sometime, if, if, if you've been giving that, if you've been giving any kind of a platform, use that to just. To it's do it's that. logical. Isn't that logical? Like, why I would, would think you, so. Why yeah. be a dick? Why, yeah. my, my thing is, look, everybody's got their bad days. And look, I'm, I'm, I'm not any different than that. I've had my bad days. Yeah. But I, look, I try. I really try to, to always put myself in that kid that's talking to Gene Simmons or Steve Harris when I first met him. The yeah. nicest man in the world. You know, they were special to me and they made me feel special. And I don't want to take that away from anybody. I want to. I want to put you on that platform and say, yeah, you're, we're the same, man. I'm just doing this. I'm glad you like it, but you can do this too. That's where I'm at. That's where I'm at now. Now, selfishly, I got to ask you this because we're talking and like I mentioned to you, um, public enemy, you know, sure. on, on, on my Mount Rushmore. <laughs> I, I love, you know, I, we just, we just did Comic-Con with Chuck. And oh we, yeah. So you did, you, yeah, right. Awesome. So my, my other friend, um, Esso from esoteric from, from Zarface was, uh, is, is part of that thing where you guys, you know, and I think also I have another friend of mine at, um, who illustrated for some stuff for you, uh, Andy from Montreal. Oh, Andy, awesome. He's Andy awesome Belanger. Artist, he's yeah. awesome. He, so he's he a- made, he made everything I had in my head come out. Cause I can't draw for shit. And, uh, <laughs> dude, he was awesome. So, so Andy, he was, he was a great dude. He, he is really, really a good guy. Uh, so. Okay. Chuck D, you, you, what, what is it like when you think back? I mean, cause what you guys did, a lot of people say, look, you can go back and you say Rockbox was the first one, right? Like Rockbox was the first, but really you guys blew open the doors for the crossover of rap and metal. I mean, it was like, that is, you know, that's the, that's the benchmark. That's the one where people say, you know, some people say walk this way, but then a lot of people will say it's bring the noise. Um, what's it like when you look. Fuck, man. I mean, I'm proud of that. Just people, people saying that in that same way, and then yeah, for you know, we, when we talk with Chuck, it's it was done right. You know, yeah. that, that's what you say. It was done right and was done great. Um, yeah, because everybody said it couldn't be done, and that's the great thing about it. It couldn't be done. They were all worried about when we when we toured together and bring that stuff. Not only doing it on record, but then you yeah. think, Jason, to bring it on tour. Yeah, at the time. Oh my God, you're gonna have to, both these crowds clashing and all that stuff. Dude, that was easily, easily one of the best tours we've ever done. Heads down, you could ask Chuck to this day, he'll say the same thing. Because we were just talking, we were reflecting at, yeah. at Comic-Con. We were going over all the great times. Backstage stuff, all that that great, that great fun stuff. That, that Like, you know, the backstage stuff, like we were eating together and just yeah. talking shit. All that, we had some great basketball games, like before the shows. Just yeah. fucking people getting on, just having a good time. That, there was one, and the one thing that's special to me, uh, about the PE tour that I put it in my book. Um, I, cause I, I don't know what I was thinking, but I did it flavor. I don't know if you know this about the book flavor, flavor one time couldn't make it into Canada. It was a play. We played a show in Canada. I don't know if it was Toronto. I say, oh, I, I remember when there was a couple of times where he couldn't come in and there yeah, was so a couple of times where he made it in by the skin of his teeth too. Yeah, he couldn't <laughs> make the show. So right. they were going to play, you know, it was anthrax PE, right? So they were going to play. It was before our show, so I was all psyched. I watched them every night. 
So it was just so happy. We found out they were going to do it without Flav. Now, there was this time where they had this big opening. Uh, if you remember in the, in that, on that tour, where it's the Terminator. And, and, and yep. Flavor will come out through these big open doors. And you hear the uh, <laughs> Terminator expert play. It's the flavor. It's, it's the, the flavor. flavor. Lightsaber. Right? It's flavor. Yeah. Right. So, and then flavor would just pounce through these. He was underneath these two doors, big doors underneath the DJ booth, right? And flavor would come out, and the crowd would go. Flavor would start doing his fucking his old his old move thing. It was awesome, <laughs> yeah. right? Loved yeah. it. So yeah. fucking heavy. So flavor couldn't make it to the show that day. So I had heard this. And this, I don't know where my, where my mind was. So I said, man, I would love to do that. I would just like <laughs> to come out and just try to be flavor. Just that, just that opening slide, just that yeah. moment when it comes out and people and just freak people out and just run off, right? And that, right. That'll be my thing. Just to do that, get the excitement, roar from the crowd and leave, just, just, just to fuck around. So I got on this, this quest. So poor Chuck, man, I, I bothered him all day from breakfast to lunch to dinner. I said, dude, come on, just let me go on. I'll, I'll get dressed up. Nobody will know it's me. It'll just be, I'll just put, I'll put up, put the big glasses on the hat. I'll be covered up. Nobody's going to know anything. I'll just start, I'll just start doing some fucking moves. He finally gave in. He goes, all right, do it. <laughs> He's just like, all right, do it. So the part comes up, right? I'm fucking shitting in my pants in behind the doors right there. Cause I said, what am I doing? I'm, I, I came to realization, what the fuck am I doing? And they start going into the next, the whole, like, that's a fucking straight out rhyme. I can't do that. This, I just don't know it. Um, it's the flavor. It comes on. It's the flavor. It's the flavor. Lifesaver spotlights, right? On the doors. I come out huge fucking, they think it's Flav because I was covered up. Nobody could see shit, dude, right? And I start doing the stupid whatever I was doing. I fucking, I said, oh, man, I don't know what's next. I fucking got scared, dude. I ran off the side of this tapes. I see Chuck just cracking up. on fucking, he just, He's holding his stomach, cracking up. It was a good laugh, but I learned a lesson. Know your shit, dude. Know your shit. Oh, you know, yeah. I probably should have known what I was going to do next. But it was, um, I think it was the only time, one of the only times where Flavor was replaced on, on stage. That's great. Time. That's amazing. That's so good. Yeah. It's, 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 um, there's something I, I spent a little bit of time with Chuck well, when they came through with profits of rage. Um, oh, I went to a couple awesome. of shows, got to chat with him. He's like, you know, there there's for me, like, you know, you talk about Gene Simmons for me, Chuck is like my North star Chuck and Rollins are like my North stars when it comes oh. to, you know, they're like my moral compasses, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, and, but Chuck is special, man. He's he, like, when you're, when you're in his presence, it's like, it's a lot more than just music. And it's a yeah. lot more, it's, he's a philosopher. He's a, he's a Absolutely. thinker. And, um, and you know, there's certain people that like, you know, the moral compass, like for me, it's, if Chuck's in line with that, then I'm in line with it. I get you know it. What I mean, I totally, plus look, let's face it, Chuck deep down, he's a good person. Oh yeah. That's, that's the, the yeah, he first really thing is, is he's yeah. just a good, he's got a good heart and he's a good person. I've known him for a long time now. Um, I'll tell you how great this person is. I, it's, I don't know if you if you know this about the book, but I put this in the book because I thought it needed to be said how great of a person he is. So uh, a bunch of years back, there was this award show uh, in New York called the New York Music Awards. Okay. And PE was nominated. Anthrax was nominated. Uh, I was the only one left in New York, so I, I went down to uh, get the Anthrax award. We we got the award and all that stuff. PE, Chuck was there, uh, Flav and all that so I said hello to those guys. We all got the awards, congratulations, all that stuff. So um, I go back to the parking lot after the award show, uh, and I had this old Cougar, this old Cougar car. Um, that okay, I, I thought you were talking about an old girlfriend. 
Oh no, no, no it, was, I was, it was my girlfriend who I married. So she's no, she's she's younger. But um, yeah, that was good. Though. But um, me, so me and my wife, you know, after we say hello to Chuck, we hang out with him for a bit. We go right. go get the car in the, in the garage in Manhattan, right? So everybody's waiting for their car. So the guy comes pulling my car up, stops the car, you know, takes the key out, all that stuff. You're ready to go. Start the car. Cougar's dying. Oh, no. car just dead in the blot there's a line of people it's completely oh, completely God. i'm that guy that's holding everybody up right? Oh. right so who comes who comes at this award show after it who comes walking hey frank i hear a friendly voice hey frank what's up it's chuck right he's going to get his car the same lot he goes well he's stuck he sees i said dude i can't believe this this sucks i i can't i the guy's got to push it back into the spot and i gotta take a taxi i'm fucked he goes, no, you're not. You're coming home with me. I'm taking, I'm taking you home. This man took me and my wife home, out of his way, at at least a good half an hour out of his way on his way home, and dropped us off. And uh, he didn't have to do that. He yeah. didn't have to do that. And he's that guy. He's yeah. that guy who cares. A good, a, not only a good-hearted person, just just one, a person you want to be around. That's yeah. that's Chuck D. That's amazing. That's so he's, so he's cool. A great guy. Yeah, he is. He is. Um, and I'll tell you, man, uh, when you get a chance to, to, to collaborate with him and, and I mentioned, like I did a song with him in DMC, my band. Um, and it was, it was all Daryl, like Daryl and I bonded on our, on Chuck D. It That's was awesome. like, he knew, and he, you know, he's, he's even said in interviews, he goes, Jason Rockman's the only guy I know that likes Chuck D more than me. And you know, D Daryl loves Chuck. Yeah. Um, so when we were looking for someone else to, to collaborate on this song, he's like, I'm going to call Chuck. I'm like, what the fuck? You're going to call Chuck. He's like, yeah. And I'll never forget getting the email at like four in the morning. My phone buzzed. I woke up and it just said from Chuck D or whatever his email was at the time. And it said, um, gentlemen, here's the verse. <laughs> and I remember I just, and done. And I put, done. put my headphones on. I listened to it and I was crying. Man. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe this. Like, and I, I didn't want to do music after that. I was like, I don't fucking, there's nothing, nothing's going to be as cool as that. <laughs> nothing's going to be as cool as that. Like, do you know what I mean? I get it. I totally like the only other it. thing would be if like, you know, Rollins came in and we did TV party, but then, I mean, it's net, it, there's certain things and you know what I mean? There's yeah, certain I totally things understand. you get to it and you're like, wow. What? But that's when you realize, no, there's a lot more living to do. So, Absolutely. Yeah. And so it's, it inspires you to get to that next. It's like, wow. Okay. I put this away, put that in my pocket right there. Right. right? That's always there, which is great. Now we'll see what's next, but that, I and mean, think about the voices you had on that, that record, right? Think about the heaviness. Yeah, those voices—that's incredible. That, that sound, Chuck's voice alone fills a room. Fills yeah. a room. You got DMC. It's—it's it's just great, man. That's—that's that's fun stuff right there. It is, um, and I know you can relate because you know you—you—you've done cool shit like that, and you get I, it. And I love it. I love that it, that exists in this life that you could go outside your your comfort zone. Yeah. And when people say no, you can't do this. Of course you can. Of course you can, and you should, and you should to and experiment. Because that, that's what makes everything just livelier and just, it makes music fun. Let's face it. It makes life fun. So you, you got to keep pushing the boundaries, man. And you've done that with the book. Um, now that you've done it and you've gotten a taste for it, is there something in you that wants to continue or is it the kind of thing done and done? You know, it's funny. As soon as you write a book, you know, you're not the only person who's asked this. That's great. But I don't know. Do you know? Like, you know, do you know after like... I have a lot to say, but that yeah. I left my personal life on in this book. That's right. my personal life. Now people are saying because you know it's crazy about the, the way I describe food yeah. in, in this book. My grandmother's cooking it. I my friend my friend called me up and she's cookbook. Like, You're making me hungry. 
You're making me so people are saying, why don't I do a cookbook about yeah. all these delicious? I would love just to honor my grandmother, you yeah. know, and you know because all the beautiful, beautiful dishes she made. Yeah, but right now I just want to enjoy this moment, yeah. and I have to write an Anthrax record with these guys. So <laughs> that, that's next. <laughs> oh moment. shit! Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> so this book, you know, you don't realize it, Jason. You don't realize how much um, your life is swallowed up with the book. You yeah. know, not only is it about your life, but all of a sudden there's, there's so much promotion you have to do to make people know, look, I have a book out. I hope you read it, right? You yeah. just want to get it out there. I didn't realize it because usually it's a record. Usually it's a record with other guys helping out and doing their parts. Yeah, this is all on you. And this is all this is all on the person. So I'm like, yeah. all right, I get it. I, I understand. It's, it's great. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to be here, but I didn't realize it. So as far as another book, yeah, I would totally – and Joel's asked me already, my co-writer. He says, "Yeah, we maybe, maybe start thinking about something else. We'll see. I want we'll see what happens with this. I want I want people to dig into this and uh, hopefully make a difference in their lives. That would mean that would mean a lot to me." Spoke to Nikki Six a couple of weeks ago. Um, He's awesome. There's a guy who got the writing bug, and he just keeps going. I mean, we, but he's great I, at it. He is, and I, and that's what I said. What I said to him is that you write from a point of view where you're not looking up or down. You're looking at someone, and yeah. and it's great because it's it's not intimidating to read Nikki's stuff. And it's, it's obviously it's very descriptive. I mean, the dirt, you know, say the dirt between the hammer of the gods and the dirt, man, yeah. those are two of the fucking best well, I, in I terms like, of I description. Like you're right. I feel like he's talking to me. Yeah. You know, that that's the great thing about it. you feel like you're just having a, another, another conversation. That's kind of cool yeah. getting it from his perspective because where he's been, that's a, that's a crazy life. It's a great life, you know? Yeah. And now he's doing the same thing. And I, I like the way he writes. I like the way he, he just puts it out there. So it's, it's a, uh, I, that's why he's successful, you know, and that's why he'll keep doing that. Why not, dude? Share yeah. it. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. So now you're going in, you're going to work on an anthrax record. Well, um, currently, yeah, that's that's the plan right now. We've, we've, <laughs> we've been doing it, but um, I promised my agent, my press, anthrax's press agent, like, you can't talk about it. I said, look, I'll just say we're working on a record. That's yeah, it, you know. Yeah. And that, that, I get it. I get it because we don't know, nobody, nobody, none of us know the future. Yeah. Nobody knows what's going to be pulled, what rug is going to be pulled out next. So, um, we, you know, you get prepared for, I want to get prepared for next year and work and, and have a record. I want to have a tour, but that's also, hopefully, hopefully the gods will let us all do that, you know, and, and be, um, be, have a life again. How about that? I want everybody to get back to life. Yeah. I think, I think that across the board, that's what most people are saying, you know, uh, and I've been talking to a lot of people lately that are creatives that have either used the time to create and get ahead of the game because let's face it like we were talking at the beginning you know you're always going you know if it's like it's album tour album tour yeah. album tour so if you can get ahead of the game and get some stuff you know maybe backed up ready to go then yeah. you can maybe have a bit of time where it doesn't have to be album tour it could be album tour vacation because next album's already done you know right. what i mean so right. that's where a lot of people were using the time for but it seems like you took the quarantine time uh, and you made something great out of it because you know the book is out and people are enjoying it and Thank you're inspiring you. yeah. people so I, and you don't realize it, Jason. You don't because all all you're doing is putting your life on paper. And I, that, yeah. Uh, but at, at the same time, when it comes out, that's reality, dude. That I was really scared. You know that that first week when it came out, I didn't yeah. know reactions. I, my my <laughs> not only people reading my life and knowing fucking everything about me, but yeah. then my family. Um, I never told my wife about some of this stuff. Like when after my brother was murdered, there's, there's some parts in the in the book. I never told my wife about until she read the actual book about how I became after my brother was murdered. I became a hunter. 
yeah. when I was looking for revenge and I went dark and I went hunting literally every night. And thankfully I, I, I was pulled out of that. Um, but it was a scary time. And she, and I remember her reading, you know, it was like one of those edits, you know, you, you read through edits and you have to give edits yeah. to the publisher and she's reading and she goes, why did you do this? And I kind of had, I said, well, yeah. I didn't really talk about it. I didn't, I didn't, all I talked about that was my therapist. Right. And that was the truth because that was, I didn't understand where that came from. When you go dark like that and you, yeah. you're not the same person, yeah. anthrax didn't matter. Family didn't matter. This mission only yeah. mattered. And that's, that's a scary place to be, dude. Um, and I was really scared. And when she read that, I remember, I still remember her face. She looks up from the book. When was this? And she, a very concerned face. Uh, and she knows I don't lie. So she knows, she knows it was true. And she goes, when was this? I said, well, after that happened at 10 o'clock, 1030 every night, I didn't, I wasn't seeing straight. I, I was literally on a mission to accomplish what I had to accomplish. And she knew what I was talking about. And, and right after that, thankfully, two weeks after that, all I can think of, I remember I was sitting in the car, uh, in front of this coffee shop with a piece in my hand, with a gun in my hand. And I, look, I never held a gun. I never shot a gun in my life. I never did that. But I, I went to the wrong places. I, I talked to the wrong people and yeah. I did the wrong thing. And I, I, I held, you know, I shouldn't have, but I did. And um, I got rid of all that stuff. Uh, I, so I remember two weeks into that, I was sitting in front of a coffee shop and I said, I can't do this. My mother is going to lose another son. Either yeah. way, she's yeah. going to lose another son. And that's what would have happened, either retribution or jail. So either way, she loses another son after just having this tragedy happen. So that kind of pulled me out of it. And then having my brother's face in my eyes, like, you can't do this. And he would just bitch slap me, get back home, you know. Yeah, it was one of those. So I'm glad that happened. I'm glad that I was pulled out of that because there was no coming back from that. So um, I, I never I'm just I would never want to go back. Then I, then I just dug into therapy after that. It was important to get my head on straight. Everybody needs to have an outlet and they need to have a place to speak. You know, um, yeah. I, like I mentioned before, I'm in recovery. I've been in recovery. You know, I've been Good in a 12 you, step. Man. I've been in a 12 step program for like 29 years. And congratulations, dude. But I got my guys, you know, yeah. I, 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 in like an hour and a half, I'm getting on with my zoom guys and we're going to chat and we do our thing it. three times a week, but I need that men need that, you know, and just, and, and just talking as, as men, because a lot of men don't have a place to be, you know, to, to be, you know, it's, it's okay to tell someone you love them. And it, you know, it's okay to, to cry. It's okay to have people to speak to and to be honest with, because a lot of the time we've, you know, men in society, we we're, we're, we're meant to feel like we have to carry the burdens and we can't right. be emotional. And it's like, no, fuck that. Right. I tell my friends, I love them all the time. Yeah, and, I do. I do all the time. Dude. You know, it's even just my friends in general. I love you. man. I write, I literally write, love you, man. No matter what, I want them to know yeah. that I'm here. You know, all my friends might, you know, you have your close knit friends. Sure. Of course. I want them to know. But, uh, you know, I, I genuinely care about people. Look, in these days we're living, Jason, think about it, how shitty of a time it is in our life right yeah. now, right? Yeah. There's so much negativity. We talk politics, all that other bullshit. But why? Why add to that? Why when I can go to the other side? No, I'll, I'm on the other side. You know what? If you don't like it, that's fine. But yeah. I want to make people feel good. And that's 100%. Truth, I'm tired of feeling like shit because, you know, it comes back to you. I don't, I don't want to feel like that anymore. Why would I want to make somebody else feel like shit? I'm done with that shit, dude. Yeah. You know, I... You can call it reflective time. I'm older. I don't care. Whatever it is, this is what I want to do. I don't want to move on. That's the truth. Well, you've 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 definitely done that. Um, and and I think this is going to help a lot of people get through a lot of stuff. Um, I can't wait to I can't wait to dig into it. Um, I got my copy on the way, and um, well, thank you. and 
And thank you for just always taking the time for people, man. And, and for taking the time for Kings of Quarantine project and helping out the roadies and stuff like all of that just shows that you're a good dude. And, I, and I've always known you were a good dude from people that, that knew you, but, Thanks, um, but being able to talk face to face, I appreciate it. And this chat's been awesome, man. Dude. Hit me up. You got another project. Let's do it. I'm in. I, I, I would absolutely love that. Okay. That was like, that's definitely my favorite interview you've done so far because what I really liked about it is his story about meeting Kiss and yeah, great. being the band that will meet the kids after the show. Cause a, a few moons ago, more moons than I'm willing to admit these days. I remember nothing was cooler than going to see a show and then waiting by the the stage door or in the back of uh, the Metropolis or the bus. And every now and then, I always remembered every rock star that would give me the time of day. I never forgot them. And it was almost yeah. kind of like um, a signed and sealed loyalty in my soul to the band for the rest of my life. They could put out the crappiest albums afterwards. But I'm like, he that dude gave me a shirt once. Man. Yeah. They're like, yeah, but the song sucks. I'm like, yeah, but shirt. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. And there, there's the, uh, there's this loyalty that, uh, that they have to kiss all the anthrax guys. I mean, well, I know for sure Scott Ian has it and so does Frank and it's nice. It's so nice to see that no matter what they are kiss fans forever. And, uh, and they have so much respect for Gene, Paul, Ace and Peter and the other guys. Um, and it's just so, it's so nice to see, but yeah, those stories of, of him meeting Gene backstage and, uh, you know, in, in not even backstage in the street, you know, yeah. um, and then Gene, you know, fast forward to Gene writes the forward to his book, which I thought was really, really cool. Yeah. Um, and, and I got it. I got to talk about the book. I mean, you know, the book is, uh, the book is about as, um, as raw as it gets. And I, I'm about halfway through it now. I'm really, really, really enjoying it. And I think people need to, uh, need to go check out this book. I mean, Frank has laid it all out on the line. He's, he's, he's been bare as, you know, he bears his soul in this book and it's nice to see somebody uh, willing to take that leap and take, cause that's a scary thing to do, right? When you're known yeah. as being the guy from a band, um, that's especially you know, these days. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's scary to say anything now, <laughs> yeah. know, but, but I'm very, uh, I, I, I'm really, I was really, really happy with, um, with our conversation and I'm, I'm so, and I was so excited to share this. So thank you for, for hanging out and, 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 um, and spending this time with us to, to, to listen to this interview because it was a special one. It was a special one for me. That's for sure. Um, next week, Ryan, we have got, mm. uh, we've got someone really, really cool that we are just almost about to confirm. And I don't want to give anything away, but I know you're ex particularly excited about this next guest that we're going to have next week. I am. And I would say like one of those, like, you know, whimsical hints, but I, I really don't want to jinx. Don't jinx story. anything. No. <laughs> don't, no. don't, don't jinx anything. Don't make any references no. to anything. Just don't jinx it. Yeah. But, but I think some people are going to freak the fuck out because it's not but, somebody that you normally would see on, on a podcast or here on a podcast or in an interview. I think he's somebody that's probably, he's so busy with so many empires that he runs that mm. the fact that he's taking some time to chat with us is pretty exciting. So let's see, uh, let, let's see what happens before we reveal too much, but uh, definitely next week, keep it locked on our socials. Oh, and I want to remind you too, uh, if you are uh, enjoying the episodes of the Rockman Power Hour, please, please, please subscribe to our YouTube page. Uh, you can just go down below if you are watching me right now. Uh, and just hit the bell, subscribe, and you'll be alerted every time there's a new episode. And if you're listening, do the same thing on whatever streaming platform you listen to us on. We appreciate it. We are available on all streaming platforms and on YouTube. And um, 
this is just such a fun project and it's uh, it's really really taking it a, a life of its own it's getting legs and we uh, we're really really happy for all the feedback that we're getting every week uh, myself and ryan um, we, we chat all the time about this and we chat about how exciting it is to get people you know sending us messages saying well, i love those conversations it's like being a fly on the wall and and i think that's that's the goal is to to have someone you know to come in and uh, and be able to like kind of spy on the conversation that's what the vibe i think we're going after right yeah, well, I'm the obnoxious person that talks loudly at parties, so I'm kind of used to this. <laughs> uh, thanks again, man, for 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 hanging out. It's been it's been a pleasure, and it always is a pleasure. And uh, again, next week, keep it locked because we got a special one coming. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, our producer Julia Kajerski. Uh, I want to thank my co-host Ryan Stick for uh, for always being there and uh, and making me look good and sound good. Um, and uh, thanks to all of you for hanging out, and we will see you again next week on the Rockman Power Hour.